I love what we do in real estate and I have a role in it, but I knew for me and my own peace and happiness, I needed to create something that was just mine. You're listening to Investing for Good, a show that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design and impact the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, Julie, how's it going today? Going good, Annie. How about you? I'm pretty good. Can't complain. The sun is shining over here. And uh, seriously, is it? Um, just a little, a little, you, yeah. you like always tell me the sun is shining and I live over here where it's like always foggy. I'm so jealous. I know. I know it's a little foggy today, but it's cleared out. And yeah, I know we East Bayers, we get, uh, we're spoiled that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm super excited about our guest today, Liz Faircloth. Uh, so Liz and her husband co-founded the DeRosa group for investors, but she also, she doesn't just do that. She also has created this community through the Real Estate Invest Her Show, which is a popular podcast for inspiring women investors. And so she and Andressa do such a great job in creating a strong community of women. Yeah, which is so much of what we need. It's so much of how we as women learn and feel confident to get into a male-dominated industry like real estate. And they offer so much value too in the way of just education and insight, which I feel like is the secret, right? It's like sort of how do you get your hands on that valuable information? And they've done such a great job with their Facebook community and their podcast on that as well. And another thing that I'm super excited about in this episode that we talked about was when I asked her, how do you juggle it all? You know, kids and real estate investing and how do you make it all work? And she gave us sort of her, she said, well, I have, you know, these top five priorities and it's, you know, none of which mention real estate, which I think is so important for us as women to remember that we need to take time to focus on ourselves in order to find success in business and otherwise. So um, such a great episode. And uh, yeah, it was lots of fun. Couldn't agree more. So there's so much good information in this episode. Enjoy this episode with Liz Fairclough. Liz, how are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me here and, you know, being part of your podcast journey here. It's awesome. Absolutely. Well, I know that these days, Liz, you wear a lot of hats and are heavily involved in real estate investing, but I want to start back at the beginning before real estate was even on your radar. Now, you studied psychology in college Mm -hmm. and then you went on to get a master's in social work. So at that point, did you just think, huh, Well, I'm going to take this social work experience and I'm going to start a business or I'm going to use it to invest in real estate. It's so so connected, right? It seems like such a likely connection, right? Um, Yeah, no, you know, it's funny. I, when I I went to the University of Penn for my, uh, I'm really not that, I'm really not that smart. It's it's not that hard to get into grad school there, but um, I was studying social work and I really enjoyed the work. And I realized that I just didn't know if it was the right fit for me. 
I went straight on from college to graduate school, which in hindsight, I probably should have gotten some little more experience. But long story short, while I was there, they said you could take other courses at the, you know, obviously the university. And I said, well, outside your, um, at, outside of your, you know, school and <laughs> the school of social work was this like kind of dingy building. And then right next to us was Wharton, which was like, <laughs> you know, what's the number one business school in the world, right? right? Or something. And it's like this gorgeous building. And I'm like, I want to take a business course. I never took business courses in college and I took an entrepreneur class and it really opened my eyes to a lot. I actually didn't really do a lot of studying. We don't have entrepreneurs in my family. My brother-in-law actually had just started a business right around the same time. So that was my first like, oh, I know someone that started a business. So anyway, long story short, I actually created a business to, to basically help nonprofits you know, I either raise money or I don't really remember my whole business plan, but I wrote up a business plan and I ended up not fulfilling that, but that gave me this whole concept of, wow, I can create something out of nothing. And at the same time, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. I want to help people, but I don't know if actually direct counseling is, is for me. So that's, that's that connection. But I, I mean, then in terms of real estate and how I got there, around the same time, my brother-in-law had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, said, you got to read this. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, I was very open to personal growth books. And I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing. Like I never even, I'm, you never even hear these. I know everyone says that, but it was an eye opener for me. It really, I was like, huh. And then I played the cash flow game, Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow game. I really enjoyed that. And then I was just started dating my now husband. And he's like, this is interesting. And we both started just taking courses and we're like, this would be really, you know, we wrote, we wrote up a business plan. It's like what we did in our mid twenties, like dorks, you know, um, most 20 year olds are most 20 year olds like going out and partying it up. We're like, let's write a business plan. Um, but we, you know, we both wanted the same out of life and we both had come from really great middle-class families who worked really hard. And both of our families, both of our sets of families were just super hardworking, great people. We just wanted to kind of take it to a different level. And I hope my kids do the same, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, I really want to own my time a little more. I want to, I don't want to just work for someone my whole life. I want to create value in this world. And that's him and I had that very aligned with that. And we saw real estate as this vehicle to do that. We both loved, I mean, that was before HDTV and all that jazz, but we love the fact you can touch and see it. We start taking courses. We're like, wow, this is fascinating. And just start learning and learning and learning. So then that propelled us into buying our first investment property, which was a duplex in uh, 04, 2004. Gotcha. And so during this time, you've graduated from graduate school, you've, you've studied social work, you're, what are your family, what, what are they thinking? Like, are they like, oh, Liz, I don't, uh, she's like writing these business plans. I don't know what she's going to do with her degree. Like, yeah. were they supportive of what you wanted to do with starting a business? Yeah. You know, it's interesting for having parents that were not in the business, they were super supportive. And, you know, my father-in-law, I think asked my, cause my, I ended up getting a job in corporate for a bit of a time so I can, we can keep bills being paid, you know, all the important stuff in life, right? But keep, yeah. keeping your electric on, you know, <laughs> yeah. feeding yourself, like the crazy stuff in life. Right. <laughs> and my husband was like, I'm done with my job. I really want to go full force. And you, you know, you keep doing what you're doing. And we did it together as a team. And his father was like, I don't know about this, you know, and, but then he's like, you know what, you're never going to get rich working for someone else. Yeah. So he got it, you know, even though it wasn't his path with my parents, both sets of parents were our first investors. They're our first private money investors. Mm, uh, and they that. took, my dad was, 
the one that loaned us, we didn't have 30 grand to our name. We didn't have anything. And that was when we were dating before we got married. And he loaned us $30,000. And my dad's a sharp guy. And I think about that because I'm like, he really trusted us. We did not know (laughs) what we were doing. I don't know if I'd loan 30 grand to my son one day with him having like zero experience. Like, (laughs) But, you know, he was kind and he believed in us and he knew we would make it right. So he was our first private money investor. And, and then my in-laws also became investors in our, in our business as well. So they were full on, you know, and, and really super supportive, which I'm very, very grateful for. So that 30 grand, was that for that first duplex that you bought? Yes. Oh, okay. That was our, and so, it was our down money. So then... You're living in Philly. Mm-hmm. You've graduated from grad school. Mm-hmm. Why go all of a sudden to two units? You know, I think most people would say, oh, well, the first one, you know, I'll buy a single family or a condo, something small. You know, what did you have any fears going into that first property? And how did you find that duplex that you purchased? Yeah, the two good questions. How we found it, I'll, I'll answer that. So that was, you know, you take the courses and they give you these little nuggets, right? And this is like Carlton Sheets, like old school, you know, real estate investing teachers, you know, like like the old school guys, you know, there's no women, you know. And they were like, you got to call foreign ads and get tired landlords. And it still holds true today. That's what we did. We opened the, you know, foreign ads in the newspaper and just called and called. That was when I started my job after grad school. I was in more like organizational development. And part of my work was sales. So I started to really get used to cold calling. My husband was in sales. So we both had a skill of, you know, they say no, no big deal. And that was just something we were right. getting, trying to get better with. And people would hang up on us and just all the things. And the one guy's like, yeah, that would be good. I'd like to meet you. We're like, what? You know, like, you know, like really? we were so excited, you know? We were like, whoa, this is so cool that something we learned in a course is going to maybe work. So, uh, so that's what happened. We ended up striking up a deal with him and we had kind of a sort of mentor at the time. He was a realtor, an older gentleman who helped us like figure out what it would cost to renovate and just all the stuff that goes into this that you have no idea how to deal with tenants and evicting. We had to evict both tenants when we bought the property. So that's how we found it, which I think is a really, um, still holds true today. Find tired landlords and that's a great strategy still. So um, the second question, tell me the second question again. What gave you the confidence to say, yeah, we can do a duplex, we can take this $30,000 and we can grow it? You know, I think about that because I think I've become more cautious as we've continued on our path because our risk-taking approach sometimes has led us to poor decisions, right? Poor assets, not the best, you know, use of our investment strategy. But I think it was just being naive, being young, being naive and saying, we can do it, you know, and, and I'm grateful for that. I am because, you know, we didn't have the things that some people get hung up on, right? We didn't have kids. We didn't have much to our name. You know, we were just like, we could do this. How hard can it be? You know, but little did we know it it takes a lot more than just buying a property and putting tenants in and all that good stuff. So I also read a lot of personal growth books and I think that helped. Again, you can do anything and a little naive and being young and a little clueless really was the right recipe and wanting more out of life and knowing that we would figure it out because we're both really persistent people. And that's one thing I can say. We are fairly persistent and we don't give up. Yeah. I love that. It seems to be a running theme, I think, amongst many of us real estate investors is the desire to want more out of life. And that's really, I think, where it starts. That's where it started for me. 
you know, I know Annie, that's probably where it started for you as well. And, you know, without that, you get very comfortable and kind of like stuck in a place that, um, you know, you may not be super excited about. So, you know, really wanting more, I think is so key on that duplex. So was it just that by chance, that guy who said, you know, yes, I want to sell, was it just by chance that he had a duplex and not a single family home or or how did how did the duplex come about? Like because yeah, single family re- home, right? Most people don't think about doing a duplex first. They think about buying a single family home. So was that just by accident or how did that happen? Yeah, I think that in the foreign ad, it only showed one unit available. So I don't know if we actually knew it was a duplex or even we even knew about like multifamily. That that wasn't even our we were just like, we know, we want a unit, we want a building, right? We had no idea that there was different types probably even at that point. But yeah, and then he said I it's a duplex. Now, the area that we're in, it's right outside of Philadelphia. So it's an older area. There's a lot of row homes. It's a, you know, it's a mini, it's like a city. So the chances of you getting a duplex are much greater than a single family in that particular vicinity that we were really farming. Okay, got it. In hindsight, now that I think about that. But yeah, we didn't really have any attachment to, you know, and it was actually fairly, it was pretty beat up. And so it was fairly cheap, which was good, you know, in hindsight too. Was that scary though? Like thinking about taking on this two unit as like, it's almost like two responsibilities at once. It's your first deal. You've, you know, you've got your parents' money on the line. Like, was that any more scary or was it just kind of like, "Eh, that's a duplex. Like, we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. Like, how was that? Yeah. You know, it's, I think about how scary it is now, you know, and I think, after the fact, you know, I think, you know, or like, I think we also took a long time to educate ourselves too. So we didn't just take a course and, and buy a property. We, we probably about a year went to, I mean, we went to a lot of courses. That's all we did on the weekends. I lived in New Jersey. He lived in Philly. We were about two hours from each other and we'd get together and go to like workshops and courses and landlording and learn and and talk about it. And that was before a lot of podcasts and all that stuff. So we were like, you know, they get the CDs and I feel like I'm aging myself. I'm like 95 <laughs> years old or something, but it's true. Like information wasn't accessible as accessible as it is now. And, but we did whatever it took to figure it out. And we like in, in and out, like probably multiple workshops and, you know, sessions and talking to people. So I think that helped, like we felt more confident Mm-hmm. We knew we weren't going to ever know everything. Um, and the gentleman that was kind of like sort of pseudo mentoring, it wasn't like this paid mentorship or he was just like a person that was with us. We we went through a lot of properties and we looked at a lot of properties. So that helped. It just, you start to build your confidence. Like this wasn't the first property we went through the first, but not not from the, the foreign ad strategy. That was, the, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, we we found it that way, but but yeah, so I, I think all those things helped. And again, being a little naive and being like, okay, we got this, we'll figure it out. Um, and knowing what it was worth, it seemed like a good property and good, you know, in terms of after repair value, we weren't buying too, it for too much or anything. So what we knew, it felt good. And we're like, we know we got to take the leap because if we keep yeah. talking about this and we met people, right? You go to the workshops right. and we're like, oh, how long you been going to this workshop? And they're like, 10 years. You're like, yeah, that's... You got to, you got to start somewhere. Um, so yeah, that's, as, as I remember it, that's kind of what comes up for me. So that first duplex, would you say then you got into it? Would you say that it was a smashing success? Like everything worked out exactly how you thought it would, or were there some surprises that you didn't anticipate? 
Oh, there was time we had to evict both tenants initially. Like within the first month, we had to evict both of them. We found like bullets on the woman's, like so she had some sort of firearm, which is you know that's not like the worst thing, but it was still yeah. like oh this this is this is not just like you know rosy colored glasses kind of thing. So we had to figure that out. How do you navigate you know evicting people? And we didn't know that people were selling for a lot of reasons, right? You usually landlords aren't just selling because they're just making this tons of cash flow and everything's perfect. It's usually yeah. not the case, right? We all know that because we all have property, yeah. but. Yep. So I didn't, we didn't know that. So yeah, we had to navigate that process. We navigated renovating the building. It probably needed about 10,000, less than 10,000 from my memory of renovation. So this wasn't like major work, but it needed things. And I think that, like I said, the gentleman who was kind of sort of quasi mentoring us did a lot of it. So we trusted him. That was helpful. And then we ended up doing a 1031 exchange. So it was successful from the perspective of getting our feet wet. And we did gain some money on the deal, which was great. And it wasn't a ton, but we ended up doing a 1031 to defer, uh, obviously, the taxes into getting more involved in the Jersey market, which where we ended up moving. So for your first deal, I was very, I mean, (laughs) deals after that went more south than our first deal, actually. So I have other stories, but the first one actually was was a fairly good project for us. So. Hmm. so you went into this first project, you had to evict both tenants, you had bullet holes to deal with, and you had $10,000 of renovations, mm-hmm. but you still, how come you weren't scared away? How come you weren't like, oh my gosh, this is so hard, forget it, let's figure out another path. Uh, what led you to continue and say, okay, now we're going to trade up, we're going to get another property and another one. What was your vision behind that? We we were very like, you know, you, again, naive, <laughs> but we were like, we want to own millions of properties. Like we had all these lofty goals and, you know, it's always, it always is always led by passive income, right? I want to work, you know, and just relax. And not that I'm a really relaxed person, but, um, you know, you want to build something that you don't have to work, exchange the whole, you know, I'm going to exchange my time for money. And we were very, very focused on, we just, and we knew that this was a path not to just, I do this, I get paid for it. You know, and we wanted to make it more like you do it once and keep making it better, but it grows. And then that's what we really wanted to do. And we felt like, okay, this worked good enough for us. And we actually profited that we can, we can do this again. You know, and again, our, our second multifamily was where, you know, we probably overpaid a little bit and we had other learnings from there. But yeah, I mean, we kept, we keep, if you keep getting better then, and you make the next thing better, then then the le- it's learning. But if you if you go down the other path, right, and it just doesn't work or it gets worse, mm-hmm. that's when you have to look in the mirror and go, maybe, maybe this isn't right for mm-hmm. us, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's not easy to like, not everything is going to be perfect, but it seemed like that there was always something to do with that, with real estate and the tenants. And it's just, that's just the business we're in. So it didn't scare us off. It actually encouraged us to do more. We'll get back to our conversation with Liz Faircloth in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. 
We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com invest. And now... Back to our chat with Liz Faircloth. Do you feel like you, as a woman, did you have any apprehension about investing in real estate? Uh, You know, I think I did anyway. You know, when I first got into this industry more seriously, thinking about it as a career, I definitely felt intimidated because it's typically a male, you know, focused industry. And, And so when you first started looking at all of this, were you like, did you have any reservations about that? Or were you just like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. Like I can totally do this. Or what was your mindset there? Yeah. You know, I always kind of did things like I kind of beat to my own drummer, you know, and, and not that I was this crazy, I did my own thing, but I always kind of like kept focused on what, you know, I needed to do. At the time I was dealing with, I was in corporate too. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you do notice just women and men are different, you know, and they're treated differently. Yeah. So I would go to events and people would talk to my husband more. Or, you know, I noticed that kind of stuff, you know, did it bother me or has, when that's happened? Yeah. You know, you're like, this isn't right, but you're like, okay, well, this gives me even more reason to figure it out because now I'm going to prove these people wrong or whatever the thing was or the person we met. But, you know, we have to say like a lot of the early people who helped us, most of them were men. I didn't have any women mentors. I wish I did. That would have been really, really cool to have. And I think that's what I think we're all up to here, right? In terms of creating that for women, because I didn't have that at all. So so I would have loved that. I really would have, you know, and, you know, you kind of get the support where you can get it kind of thing. And my husband and I at least had each other. That was helpful. If I was doing it alone, that would have been even more scarier, I think, for me. Um, Would I have done it? I might have. And, you know, I probably would have. But it's a different experience, you know? (laughs) Appreciate that, ladies. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. And then you said, I I noticed you mentioned that you, you know, you had a mentor or a pseudo mentor and that you also like read a lot of books. Like, do you feel like that was so critical? Because I get that a lot. You know, women ask me that a lot. Do you know, do I need to hire a mentor? Do I need a coach? Like, you know, what do I do? And my answer is always like, absolutely. If you can find someone to mentor you and, you know, consume as many podcasts and books, network, I feel like that's such a critical piece. Do you feel like early on that was a critical piece to your success to where you are now? Yeah. And I think it would have propelled us even I think our path would have been a little more, it would have went faster. Our growth would have faster, especially with my husband and I, we really took a lot of turns. And mm-hmm. as I look back, some of the turns, again, we've made lemonade out of lem- lemons out of lemonade, whatever that is, but they were detours. Mm-hmm. And I think if I had a mentor, I was part of a community. I don't know if I would have done that. I would have bounced it off to people. So yeah, I mean, I, I 
I think about that. And I think there's a lot of ways to get mentors. You know, I'm, my husband and I didn't spend a lot of money on those big courses. Um, and, I, and, I, and not to dismiss those, because I know Andressa, a lot of people have done those and have gotten a ton from them. Yeah. And it propelled them into yeah. doing deals. So I think that's a great strategy for people. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We, we went the other route. We were younger. I feel like we were young and naive. And we spent the money by the learnings and the mistakes and losing our shirt on some deals. Mm. So you're going to spend the money either way, in my right. opinion. Right. I think you're either going to spend it on a course, probably, or you're going to yeah. spend it through your own learning. Right. And whatever way works for you. I mean, yeah. I mean you got to look at what's the easiest way to your goals. But for us, we went down that path. We didn't, we didn't go with that, that approach. And that was a little less, you know, even rare then. I don't think it was, it was mm-hmm. done. But if I knew what I knew now, I, I really would have gotten some sort of a little more of like a mentor and stayed in our lanes and, and gotten more focused. Yeah. Yeah. And is that sort of the, at least part of the thinking behind the real estate invest her community and the podcast is to help women find those relationships and that support network? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you know, it's funny because as as you grow in this business, the need for support actually increases because your challenges are shifting. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I own property. We're doing great here. And it's like, I'm good. I don't need support. I mean, that's not, it's like going to the gym. It's like, wouldn't that be nice if we just went to the gym? We're like, good for the year. You know, I'm good for my lifetime. That just doesn't work that way. You know? So I've found the need for support even more so, especially when I became a mom, Mm -hmm. especially when I was like, I'm mom first. I'm Zachary's mom. I'm Samantha's mom. My husband's wife, right? I left my corporate job where I was the one people needed and they, they loved me and that made me feel good and all that stuff. Um, that's not what this is about, but it, it, you have to put, it's like almost like feeling needed in a different way than your family. Mm-hmm. So the real estate investor kind of movement or what we're up to is like Andres and I be getting together and we work together on projects. We're flipping mm-hmm. some properties and doing some new construction in Philadelphia. And we're both like, wouldn't it be cool to like talk to other women in this business? Because, it, you know, it, it, you know, even though you know what you know, we both are experienced. It's just nice to have that camaraderie. And it was lacking, especially as a newer mom. I left my corporate work when I had those camaraderies, those happy hours. That that goes away. You're on your own. You're it, you know? And so I felt like I needed it even more, even when I started. Then I, I started. I didn't know what I needed to know when I started. But then you get a little more seasoned. You're like, I need support. Yeah. So um, like, wouldn't it be cool to like interview women? And if nothing else comes of it, we get the chance to meet some great women and yeah. learn from them and they can learn yeah. from us. Yeah. And then the idea of the support of the community Women go to the bathroom together and women do everything together, right? I mean, men don't go to the bathroom, like just for that example. So they're going to want to invest together. They want to learn together. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it's intimidating, yeah. you know, finances and all those sort of things. Where, you know, a lot of women still rely on their husbands to, to handle that, whatever mm-hmm. that is. And, you know, I love my husband, but who knows? You don't know. You don't know yeah. what the future holds. You want to know what you know and protect yourself and your families and stay educated. That's I'm a big fan of. So that was the thinking behind it. And people started to ask questions and we're like, well, there's a community aspect of this. Let's get them together. And then the meetups and, you know, we're trying to develop a membership where women can get even more further support and help and yeah. help each other grow in terms of like masterminds and all that stuff that people appreciate and need. 
Yeah, I love that, especially as women, right? Like, I feel like women learn so differently from men. And I feel like, you know, we need each other to say, hey, like, tap you on the shoulder. Hey, like, I talked to this person and they told me this, like, what do you think or what are you doing? And like, we learn together, right? Whereas like men are like, oh, yeah, I heard this. And then I'm going to go out there and just execute and do it on my own, right? Whereas like women, we really need this like community to come together to be able to rely upon and trust Mm -hmm. and then, you know, forge a pathway forward. And I love what you guys are doing. It's so powerful. It's so much of what Annie and I always talk about, about empowering women, particularly within the real estate world. Like, as I already mentioned, such a male dominated industry, you Mm -hmm. know, so to have uh, a platform and a place where other women can go to, you know, ask questions openly and comfortably and, um, you know, feel supported, I think is so key to, you know, really achieving this thing that we want to do which is helping women get into real estate and, you know, free up their time to be a mom. So yeah, I I would love to roll into that since we're on the mom topic. I'd love to roll into that and and ask a little bit more about, you know, how with all the that you have going on now and you don't work a regular nine to five job, right? And you have real estate that you do, but you're also a mother, you know, how do you juggle this? How do you juggle being a mom and also all the things that happen? I almost feel like when I quit my job, I feel like I got like 10 times busier because now I'm at home, (laughs) right? And now I own my own business, which never ends, right? The pile of stuff keeps going on and on. So how do you manage that as a, as a real estate investor? How do you, do you like segment your time? Like what are some tips that other moms who are thinking about leaving their corporate job and wanting to get into real estate, thinking they don't have the time as it is? How do you, how do you juggle all of that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, part of the theme of our, our podcast is living a financially free and balanced life. So I think I'm just super intrigued by it because I continually want to get better with it. But, you know, when I left my corporate work, which was 2013, um, I actually left twice, but that's a whole other story. When I left it for good, I had my son. So I was back home and I was like, okay, I really, and I was working as a consultant. So I already had flexibility and I was working from home. So I knew how to segment my schedule and get things done. But with kids, right? When they nap, they're supposed to be napping. They don't yeah. always do what you need them to do when they, you know. Um, today, I didn't even know we had a half a day today. So my, oh, my no. so I'm like, Zach, if you watch a show, I will take you to get, you know, some ice cream afterwards. So yeah. it's a lot of bi- bribery, quite honestly. But no. Absolutely. Um, I have a cigar upstairs right now in front of the TV. Also, so <laughs> I'm with you. Totally unexpected. No guilt. What am I going to do? <laughs> got to run with the, mm-hmm. you got to roll with it, you know? No guilt, right? I was like, oh my God, it's the same day. But, but yeah. um, you know, I think what works for me too is having key like priorities, right? And knowing what comes before the other. And when you have priorities that are all out there, like, these are all my priorities. It gets very, very, it's fuzzy and confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say priorities, like literally, this is first, this is second, this is third, this is fourth, this is fifth. And for me, my spirituality is first. So call it God, call it the universe, call it whatever works for you. But for me, it's God. That's first, right? So getting up in the morning and getting into that day, getting into a good mindset, getting into prayer and just, you know, all the noise of the world, which we all yeah. kind of are, are accustomed to. I should speak personally to me. The second thing is myself. So mm-hmm. putting myself ahead of my family, ahead of everything is really tough as moms. Yeah. Right? Because it's not like, oh, you're going you're gonna to cry. I'm going to go to the gym. You just keep right. crying for a few. I mean, you're not going to do that, yeah. right? Especially when they're young. And I, yeah. I have little ones. 
it's tough, but you have to have, you have to put those things in your schedule. So it all comes back to what are you scheduling? Mm-hmm. What you value, if you want to know what you value, look at your schedule. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, and if you don't like what you see, then yeah. you have to change your schedule. You have to change the priorities, which then you get scheduled in. So for me, I'm like, okay, am I going to work out three times or four times a week? Yeah. That gives me breath yep. beyond like trying to, you know, look decent in the winter time and all those important things, right? Yeah. Um, that gives me energy. That gives me breath. That gives me like the sense of myself. So that's really important. And then after that, my relationship, right? My relationship with my husband. That's really important. And it, and again, you know, that gets sometimes kids go first and then after. And but that's the that's the third one for me. And then obviously my uh, my kids are everything. Um, as mom. And then everything else is after that. Now, I don't always like live every day like that, right? Because some days I'm doing a lot for work and my priorities are out of whack. Right. When life works for me, I'm into my priorities, you know? And when I left my corporate work, I knew I didn't just want to stay home. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know, I didn't, I, I was like, I mean, I'd go to mom's groups and they're talking and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I could do this full time. I know. You know, I knew I couldn't quite honestly, because I was in corporate for you know, eight years while we were growing our business. I like talking about business. I like talking about, I like talking about my kids, of course, and what the new things are, but I can't only talk about that. It just makes me nutty. Or like people going to like the gym for three hours or taking (laughs) classes and coffee with their friends. Like, I love that. I have friends. I love that. I can't do that every day. Me too. So I needed to create something just for me. And you got to remember, I left my corporate work. My husband was working our business full time. So he'll always know more than I do. If I go bat to bat with him on real estate, I know a lot. So it's always like, oh, you're Matt's wife, you know? And, you know, so I love what we do in real estate and I have a role in it. But I knew for me and my own peace and happiness, I needed to create something that was just mine. Mm-hmm. And then as I talked to Andressa, and it just really purely started out as a passion, but yeah. it doesn't include my husband. We only interview women, you know, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So <laughs> women finding something is for them as moms, just for them. Yeah. And I think is really important. And it doesn't have to be a business, but for me, it was, it was something that was like, I put my passion in and some days are wacky, right? Some days you're getting yeah. up early. I get up early. That helps. I need to do better job at outsourcing stuff and all that kind of thing. I got to get better with because I'm not great at it. I hold on to too much stuff that I'm doing, but that's another story. So I'd say to the women listening, like you got to really look at your priorities and they may not be the same as me, but you got to know what they are and not all of them, but literally order them Mm -hmm. because there's days that I'm like, my husband and I will be talking about something and I'm like, you're my husband first. We're business partners, but you are my husband first. So if this isn't working, we put our relationship before our business. Yeah. I'm like seller building. I don't really care. Like you get, yeah. you, you almost get to those points in, in right. conversations, right? Yeah, because like right. this is coming in the way of our relationship, yeah. which is more important than our business. Yeah. So and I'm very clear on that, you yeah. know, and in the times that it's business and, and stuff is, is, is inching before everything else, I try to put it back in check. I'm like, nope, yeah. it comes after everything else. So, yeah. And I love that. Like, you know, when we talk about key priorities, you didn't, we didn't even talk about real estate. Like you, you run this successful real estate business, but everything that you talked about and how do you do it has nothing to do. Like we didn't even get to that, right? Like real estate comes last. And I feel like that's so important because I feel like, 
if, if you put the real estate first, all the decisions you make and everything else is not going to be good for you. And I think I fiercely protect my time for my working out. I get up early. I do the same thing. And I feel like that gives me the power that I need to then go into work and do my real estate stuff and make all the right decisions I need to make. So I love that you, you know, pointed that out and having the time for yourself and really prioritizing yourself, I feel like is so key. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not easy, but you have to do it because I'm going to do it for you. That's right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, shall we transition to the investing for good impact round? We're going to ask you three questions that we ask everyone. And we're going to start first with what's the one thing that you're doing right now to create a better life for yourself and for your family? The one thing um, in real estate or just in general? In anything. In anything. anything. Okay. So, you know, I think the one thing is constantly being mindful of what you're doing. You know, retreats, working on the business, having constant conversation, like what's working here? What's not? Because sometimes we get so focused on the goals and we're like, we own all these buildings or whatever it is for you. And it's like, is that yielding the lifestyle we want? Mm-hmm. So that's become more of the conversation with my husband and I recently. And like, what's that lifestyle, right? What, you know, and sometimes when you own more and you do more, your time is starting to get squeezed. We're like, hold on, this wasn't, this wasn't, some, you got to keep yourself in check. So I think working on your business, working on your life, not just your business, working on your life, mm-hmm. what that looks like, retreats, going away, talking about it, being around people that also you can brainstorm with, keeps me very, it's just very, very healthy for me because it's, you know, you can just keep going and going. And I'm like that. I'll just focus on a goal. And and I'm like, well, why do I even have that goal? That's helpful to talk about, you know, like, or whatever it is, you know, you have to be mindful of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Be intentional. Yeah. So important because if you're not intentional, life is going to pass you by and, you know, through the routines of daily life and you're going to be like, oh shoot, wake up five years later. Like what just happened? Yeah. 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 So this is my favorite question to ask. What is one hack that you can share with our audience that can make a significant impact on their life today? And it could be something like some little secret as it relates to your strategy Mm -hmm. for real estate investing or a mom hack or just something that, that maybe not a lot of people think about or know about that could potentially change their life. I might be like the last person that knows about this because that's very possible because I'm not the most <laughs> tech savvy. But um, I've been working with a friend of mine and they've helped us through Podio create this like automated emails and like a whole way of approaching whoever your customer is, right? They have an aim for us, like you, we work with passive investors. They email us, hey, want to learn more about the DeRosa Group? And then I'd be emailing them back or our team would be emailing them back. And then, and then you forget that it was just so archaic. So Podio creates a way that you can put all these template emails, really customized, really nice, not so, you know, form-like, and it Mm -hmm. creates this automated approach till the point of getting on the phone with a potential investor for us, Mm -hmm. whoever your customers are. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sure that everyone knows about this, but I did not put it in place. And I got to tell you, now I'm like looking at things like, oh, 10 people in, in Creed or five people. That's an interesting week. What happened? Now I'm actually looking at the business as a business owner should look at it, right? Right. Versus let me get back to Susie because you're in it. It's so, so I I think whatever you do, someone had told me, whatever you do most often that's repeatable and consistent, 
And mm-hmm. those are the things that can potentially be automated or delegated. And you have to start looking at that. So Podio, I'm a big fan of, and just what they have to create th- those things. Then Zapier too, right? Then you can start to automate some of those tasks. We have people email us on our YouTube page. Hey, can I ask you a question? I'm, I'm still, I'm getting back to them. I have canned emails. So I, I learned a few things over a lot. But I'm like, this is nuts. I don't need to be the one responding to these people. This yeah. is nutsy. So we ended up creating a whole system. Zapier puts it in the spreadsheet. My husband answers the question and I don't even touch the process. Yeah. Which is, you know, so Zapier and Podio have been two life-saving and I'm just tipping the iceberg, I'm sure. Right. So yeah. again, I may be the last person to know all this, but I was just so stuck in doing it. And I'm like, this is nutsy, you know, so. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people are. I mean, I feel like a lot of people live in this world of, hey, let me shoot you an email and ask you when should we hop on a call? And it's Mm -hmm. like, there's easier, more efficient ways for us to do this um, from, you know, front end to back end. Did somebody help you with Podio? Did you say that? I didn't. Yes. Yeah. Somebody who, I mean, I really would have struggled with, I think, a lot of that because it, yeah. but we had, um, yeah, one of our one of our investors actually helped, and he, okay. uh, who's a friend slash investor, and he, and we're helping him in different ways. So we're just kind of, he's like, I'm happy to help. So we're like, oh my mm-hmm. god, this is a lifesaver because there was bugs and people were getting the same email. Uh-huh. I'd have investors like, I scheduled a call with you guys, and I keep getting the email that says we should schedule. I'm like, oh, that's not yeah. good. But yeah. you got to work through that. But <laughs> yeah, you need someone that knows Podio usually because it's a, there's a lot of pieces to that usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's so hard because, you know, when you're in the middle of it and you're getting all those emails, it's like you're drinking from a fire hose. It's like there's no, you can't even pause to set up an automation, even if you knew how to do it. You're you're just like, I just got to triage all these emails and get back to people. And you're tired and you're like, okay, tomorrow I'll set up the automation. But I think it's so great that you said that because for people listening, they'll know like, oh, if you just take a step back. And just take the time to set up that automation, then it'll make your life so much easier. And like you said, you can then start to look at the business as a business owner should. Absolutely. And it's either like, okay, can I automate or can I delegate? And at first, my husband and I are like, oh, we'll just hire someone and they can respond to all the emails. And I was talking with someone else like, that's that's an automated task. That you yeah. hire someone, but for other things, how to right. interact with your investors and all those important things that you should be right. connecting with, but not responding to email. That, that you can automate right. that. I'm like, oh yeah, right. that's that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, all right, last question. So, what's the one thing that you're doing right now, either investing or personally, that's making the world a better place? Hmm. Well, we have an, an initiative and I, I want to get back to it, but we created an initiative called DeRosa Gibbs. So as we win, we want to give a percentage of that tithe, if you will, or give a percentage back to the community that we're in. So we do. We got our start in um, Trenton, New Jersey, which is an urban community. It's the capital of New Jersey mm-hmm. and still developing. We have a portfolio there and we've since grown, but that's you know where we got our start and we have a decent portfolio there still. And I'm working on creating like just a more of an intentionalness to the community aspect. I haven't completely finished it, but I we're calling it DeRosa Gives. And yeah. you know, I, I really wanna be more intentional on as we win with a project, you know, we give that a percentage back to the community. And you know, when it starts, maybe not giving a million dollars, you know, that'd be awesome one day, but yeah. it starts with a percentage. And I think everyone can swallow that. So if you're making a hundred bucks, maybe you can give 10 of it to someone. It doesn't have to be a million. So I think thinking about as you win, giving a portion of it away is our mantra, but we're 
trying to be a little more focused on it. So finding organizations in Trenton that we can team up with and everything. So gotcha. Okay. So there isn't one that you've identified yet. It's just, you've identified the city sort of as like a, something that you want to get to. Okay. Yeah. There's one particular that I, I like the most, or I've seen, I really connect with the folks and I see that I like their mission and I looked at their programs, but I want to, I don't want to just, I want to just, don't just get to give them money. I want to start participating. Mm-hmm. So just trying to line that up more of like a 2020 goal, being a little more intentional about. So, yeah, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Cool. That's what we're all about here. Investing for good. I love that. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, Liz, tell the listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about you and get into this awesome community that you've created. Sure. Yeah. So in terms of our, our site, the real estate investor sites, just the real estate investor, H-E-R.com. And, uh, you know, in terms of our community or our meetups, we have about 20 meetups and more to come. So we have meetups popping up around the country, which is super cool where women wow. are just supporting each other and getting really neat speakers in. And we have a Facebook community and we're, you know, up to doing some more around supporting women. So yeah, check, check us out there. Some of our real estate projects per se are on our DeRosa side where we're, you know, in terms of our, our active multifamily purchases and acquisitions and things are on the DeRosa side. So that's derosagroup.com. Awesome. Well, Liz Faircloth, co-founder of the DeRosa Group and host of the Real Estate Invest Her podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Liz. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Investing for Good, the number one podcast for people like you who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com slash podcast. And be sure to join the Investing for Good Facebook community. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations every week. Until next time, keep investing for good.